Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Tome Travelers, a science fiction fantasy book club podcast. Um, this episode is episode 21, and we are going to be wrapping up our read of uh, The Black Prism by Brent Weeks. Um, so full spoiler warning, because we are going to be just spoiling everything about this book uh, as we go through. Uh, quick announcements before we do our next month's book is actually going to be the second book in the series because it was spoiler alert it was really good and so um that is called the blinding knife i believe i don't have my copy with mm-hmm. me but uh so we'll do that we'll do episode one for the next episode so if you want to read along with us go ahead and get your copy and read chapter one for the next episode um and then as always we have our discord out which you can join uh follow us on tiktok uh at the tome travelers pod all those kinds of things and before we jump into our discussion whitson you have our fantasy question yeah if you could have dinner with any fantasy character who would you choose this is a really easy one for me yeah why don't you take it first I'll super easy for me too uh glockta 100 glockta i would love to have it just the the line um <laughs> then i am the mighty emperor of gurkle kneel before me like it's just the funniest character in all of fantasy to me. Yeah. What about you, Dylan? Lock Lamora. We'd come up with a scheme. I'd yep. be rich. Hey, 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 fair easy. enough. I didn't even think about that. Loki, if I was in it for money, I'd do it. I'd probably do Lock too. Uh, I was thinking about it, and I just kept going back. I'm going to go with Renarin, just because I love Renarin so much. And Loki, he could see my future, and I want to know what's in my future. So. So if he's a Kaladin, him. if he's a Kaladin, I would have called you a simp. Oh yeah, I was, I was ready. I, had that I was really close, him. but then I was like, no, I gotta choose Renarin. I gotta let him know that's okay. I'll be his sylph. <laughs> You're the shoulder he can cry on. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, but with that out of the way, let's go ahead and jump into episode twenty-one of the Tome Travelers. All right, Winston, take it away. All right, so at the latter half of the book, we see Gavin commits to saving Garriston because he thinks that they've done uh, Tyria a disservice. Uh, he's told that he can't surrender the city, so he uh, he goes there to defend it. Um, the White tells him she's going to send the Freeing to him because that's an obligation of his. Um, so he gets there. They're you know going through the process of trying to fortify Garriston. Uh, Omnichrome and Garadul at the same time are marching an army to Garriston. Um, we see a lot more of the Giles' backstory and kind of why Gavin has um, like this attitude about his family, his family name, his family legacy. Uh, we see more of the intricacies of like this this giant web of lies that Gavin has spun to to like pose as Gavin. Um, Kip takes action and leaves to go rescue Karis. Um, we see him draft and, you know, try to try to think his way through situations. Um, he stumbles a lot, but he seems to be really powerful. Uh, and he's extremely passionate and violent at times. And finally, after, you know, they, they deal with the, the army of Garadules and a few of the color whites, they manage to, like, limp away licking their wounds. And that's where we leave them. Oh, and Kip, Kip's note from his mom. That was, that was oh, yeah. a big twist at the end. 
Yeah. So do I would we say want... a twist. We kind of knew that. We well, kind of yeah, knew that's who she was yeah. talking about. But right. Yeah. Um. Do you guys want to start off with Kip or Gavin? Um, uh, do we want to do like general opinions first? Oh yeah, we can do that too. Yeah, uh, converse, our conversation usually flows pretty naturally from there. Yeah, fair enough. I I really enjoyed it. Um, I had a couple like, I had like three things that are like my gripes about the book. Um, the first was I don't understand why, like, whenever we got the reveal that um gavin's mom knew that he was dazzin all along i don't understand why she was like chill with it like not necessarily chill with it but like mm-hmm. she was to the point where she was like i'm not gonna tell anyone blah 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 because it's just like you just killed her other son like you, that's the deal oh, though she didn't want to lose her last remaining son i mean i get that but also at the same time like i just feel like that wasn't enough i didn't feel like she was she had a stake in keeping the thing a secret. And so I was just like, this kind of whatever. And then the whole like Kip being like, I'm going to go save Karis because I, it's my job or whatever. And then Liv being like, I'm going with you. Like, I just felt like that was a very like thing, dumb thing that they like them as characters should not have done. Like Liv should have been like, you're not going just straight up. Like, no. And then, but like, I see why that it happened, obviously, as we got to the end of the book, like, so that way we could have this, this swap of things. Um, but yeah, those two things felt very, like, not realistic to me. Like, I get we're reading fantasy, but like, at the same time, I want to believe that it could happen. And those two things didn't really, like, sit the, well with me. The live so and I, Kip one, I can get with you on. I, I can, I can see that. But the, so, the mother thing, I, I... I totally disagree. I'm with Whitson on the mother thing. Now, the Liv and Kip thing, I uh, agree with Liv. I disagree with Kip. I yeah. understand Kip wanting to leave because... He, he felt helpless. It, well, he felt he felt extremely indebted to Gavin. And he was he was scared. He, he, we know Kip's got a lot of issues, especially right. self-confidence issues. And he felt like Gavin wouldn't want him unless he was useful. And Gavin's the only person that's ever really, like, I don't know. Especially at the end, we we definitely see this because he even calls his his own mom a whore and's like she shouldn't say that about Gavin. Like she, he's full team Gavin now because right. Gavin's shown him Gavin's shown him the love that he's wanted his whole life. So yeah, and Corvin too, right? Like those are the only yeah. two people in his entire life who've treated him with any decency, and right. he feels like he's failing them, so he has to do something proactive. Right. Well, he like also heroic. knows he also knows how much that Gavin loves uh, Karis, and yeah. so he's like, if I can do this, then maybe he'll, you know, maybe he'll keep me. Maybe I'll show my worth. Blah blah blah. And so he goes. I get his re- reason to hunt. Now the live, yeah. live. I feel like is supposed to be. Which don't get me wrong, she's still a kid, but she's kind of like. I, I feel like his whole reasoning like shouldn't have convinced her. Yes. Yeah, and I, that's, that that's was the where one I'm part of the book. Yeah, yeah, that that part was like a little could have used some more extrapolation. Like I, I didn't even really understand that she had joined him until a couple scenes later when Gavin made it clear that she had joined him. You know, I thought that she had some doubt, like there were some cracks in the armor, but I didn't think that she had like gone through with it until Gavin like established that. 
Well, especially because we know that she thinks that Gavin is basically holding her hostage against her dad. So, yeah. Kip using the whole excuse of, like, I want to make, like, show Gavin I'm worth it, blah, blah, blah. I want to show my worth to get, blah, blah, blah. Like, that should be, like, o- opposite of what she wants, like, helping him out. So, like, uh, yeah. I-, I-, I don't really, like, I felt like she, like, disagreed for, like, two seconds, and then she just jumped on board with it and was like, okay, I'll go. Well, she had such a soft spot for uh, for Tyrians and like the struggle of being Tyrian, especially like in the in the context of the Chromaria, that mm-hmm. I felt like it it made sense. It just didn't get um, yeah. didn't get explained or communicated in the text like super 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 yeah. well. Like I see yeah. why it happened now, obviously, because like of the decision that she made, and like honestly like i'm kind of on board for her to make that decision because again i was talking about last episode how i don't like this aglia chick or whatever that's like blackmailing her and i feel like this just kind of frees live from all that stuff but i don't like the fact that she's joining the bad guys <laughs> and so i'm just yeah. like eh, i see why i just don't think the reasoning as to like the the jump like i don't think the jump start was the correct jump start, if that makes sense. So, like, well, like my deal with her joining, like, I understand it, especially because, like, it talks about how when uh, Prince Omnichrome or whatever is talking, she's listening really intently, and she's agreeing, like, why should my dad have to die? Why why should all these people have to die? And then, uh, uh, so I, I could, I can see her, like, wanting to join his side, but I feel like the, uh, and I, I do believe she wanted to save Kip and Karis, but, like, I feel like that was almost, like, just kind of, like, an excuse for her to just switch sides. Like, it was yeah. just like, hey, if I am if I get something out of it, then I'm not a bad person, or I'm not going against She's it. justifying it to herself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But she's also, like, so, like, f- like, pro her dad, Corvin, that it feels weird for her to go against Corvin. Which I know she said something about wanting to, like, make him switch sides. Like, once, she, once he sees that I'm on this side... Uh, he'll he'll be able to switch sides because he'll quit getting tricked by the uh, prism or whatever. Yeah, well, but... she thinks that he's being like blackmailed or something by the prism, yeah. and that's why the prism was like taking a special interest in her was to like get to Danavis. So yeah, and 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 uh, her reason my... behind that is is the Danavis motto is loyalty to one. Yeah, yeah, but she she doesn't know that. Gavin is is Dazen, and that Corvin's loyalty to one is loyalty to the prism, his true prism. Right. So that that's my my one complaint about the book is that so many of these conflicts are predicated upon the secret and like miscommunication or just just the secret in the first place. And I you know I know that's intentional. It's just not my favorite plot device. I I think it's done the best it's ever been done at least me reading this book like through yeah, this book yeah like because I, I i'm with you there like the amount of tv shows that i watch like stranger things where it's just like this could all be resolved if people just told each other or if just mm-hmm. this person didn't hold this secret it would oh, be resolved yeah but this makes it feel like okay there's the stakes, stakes are so yeah high. the stakes yeah. behind the secret are so high that that's the reason it's being kept not because oh i don't know if i can trust you it's just legitimate yeah. stakes and so yeah, I mean the fate I, I like of the it. whole empire, right? They'd go into civil war. Well, again the whole be... empire. It's also like it's not just how the empire structure structured, but it's also how the religion of everyone in this world is structured out. It'd be two yeah, yeah. massive ideals just crumbling on top of everyone in this like in this world at the same time. 
Yeah, yeah. I I would I would definitely agree with you. Even though it's not my favorite plot device, I still think he executes it exceptionally well. Yeah. Like he really makes you feel like Gavin cannot tell anyone. Yeah. Uh, well, he's also got away with it for so long. He like, what's the point of telling? Like, it's worked this long. Things are going good to an extent. Um, until well, he's recently, been the best uh, prism ever. Yeah. Right. Uh, or that's how he's publicly viewed. Yeah. He's he's viewed as like this godsend, literally. Yeah. And and I I really feel like Gavin as a character, it makes sense or. The prism days and as a character, it makes sense for him to not care if people know who he is, anyways, because he's he's a pretty selfless prism, or he's trying very hard to be. He's obviously still got his human qualities, but um, he's really putting forth an effort to like make the world a better place, and you know, like he's. I feel like he. I feel like deep down he's a good person, and so like for him, like. He doesn't care if people know that Dazen did all this good or if Gavin did all this good, too. Um, Just so, so long I, as the sum total of good in the world yes. is... is uh, yeah. yeah. yeah, Dude, that... Hold on. That reminds me... So while we were reading, I was writing down quotes and stuff that I really liked. And one of my favorite quotes, which was kind of brought back up at the end... Hold up, I gotta, I gotta pull it up. Um, I, was, was, I wasn't willing for the innocent to die so I could kill the guilty... And that was Gavin talking to Kip about whenever he first picked up Kip and he was like, why didn't you kill him there or whatever? And then yeah. that exact same line was used at the very end of the book um, when Kip is trying to decide whether he should save Karis or kill or, or, or stop Gardul or whatever when he sent the assassin or whatever. I really like that. That just like full circle moment. That was like a chills moment that just ran through my ran through my brain but like that was gavin's advice and then kip like just straight up took it and so like that goes along yeah. with your point of gavin being like i'm here for the greater good like even though dazen might have been a bad person as the prism his mindset has changed so I well, we also like... get the peek behind the curtain now at the yeah. white oaks and oh, yeah. everything that actually went down there because because that it seems like was the biggest reason that dazen was like the evil prism because the situation with the White Oaks, well, we know that they chained him in and tried to burn him alive. Right. You know, so... That's what I was going to say. I don't feel like Dazen's as bad a person as he lets him... I feel like he's taking a lot of guilt on. I know part of it's yeah. the White Oaks, and the other part was when he was talking to Corbin, and he's talking about how he had to make all these promises to all these people to get them on his side, and they weren't all necessarily the best people, but he was just trying to get... He, his pride was making him want to become the prism and beat Gavin or whatever. Um, and it was ma well, it was mainly over Karis. But I, I feel like he took all that on, like extremely personally. And well, I feel I feel like we he has this. I feel like the best way to like talk about that is like this huge like internal monologue we see with him uh, when he's doing the freeing and this religious dilemma where he's like, I'm this religious figure and I have to do this. Because it means so much to them, but I hate it, and I hate myself while I have while I'm having to do it, right. and I don't believe in it, but I do it for them, and uh, right, yeah, and even when he even when we see him kill Baz, like he's like, I have to do this for the greater good, and it's like I feel like there was, although I do feel like there was a little bit of selfishness in that, right, um. But I, I still feel like it was mainly like his mindset was like, you know, this is for the greater good. If he tells anybody, then 
Yeah. Yeah, that, that scene was really sad. It, I thought it was well written to like get a response from you. And then you know, one of the things that I'm really impressed with this, with this book is that Gavin is both like the big bad and like the protag at the same time sometimes. Mm -hmm. You know, like he is yeah. like this architect of of like the mystery in the world or mystery in the book, and like uh, he's yeah he he's just really gray in like yeah. lots of different shades. Which, yeah. Well, yeah. we still don't know which shades. Oh well, yeah. yeah. We we still don't know which side's good and which side's bad, or if right. there is a good and a bad side. Well, that's that's um, one yeah. of the things that I wanted to talk about as we got like towards the end here was like. You know the the Lord Omnicrom made some like good points, and like even Gavin himself kind of agrees with some of them. Like this religion's dumb, like all the all of this stuff. And so, like, is it like do we are both of our sides? Is there one that's morally right, ones that one that's morally wrong, or like could could we be like reading from the like the Chromaria is internally bad or whatever? And so maybe it's time for this new thing. And I don't know. I'm open to it. That's the thing. I feel like we're going to see like almost like our our politics where like there's a, a little bit of both sides have, you know, right rightness to it. And yeah. it's just like you've got your extremist on both sides. Mm -hmm. And it's just like uh, maybe Kip will find the happy medium. Or maybe he'll again, we still Kip could still go bad. He could have a breaking point over his mom or anything. So we really yeah. don't know where the story's going to go. I, I want to see what happens with the blue, like he, how he stole Gavin's blue with the dagger. Yeah. Well, you know, he didn't steal it. Uh, well, so the dad Simon knew about it. The dad knew about the dagger. Yeah. Which begs the question, did he have it made so he could kill his little brother? Mm. You know? Well, yeah, he well, said that it, t it would take a crazy amount of obsidian uh, like a, a crazy expensive amount of the Hellstone to make anything. Right. But then, you know, Dazen got enough of it to build the prisons out of. Well, so so, so. the dagger's not the obsidian, right? It's the, the pure pure uh, white stone or whatever. Oh, the, yeah, the, it's the white stone, not obsidian. Yeah, yeah. That uh, Dazen didn't think existed. Yeah. Yeah, the, the dagger, I'm... I'm really curious about how that plays out i figured it would take his powers but i didn't think it would just take the one which maybe it was only because he got stat like it was a quick thing um and so he only lost blue but i think i think we're about to see his mentality spiral because now he thinks he's dying hmm. right yeah he thinks that that's the signal for the end that he lost one of his colors uh, so that'll be really interesting in the next book to see like how panic and like anxiety plays into the way that he Especially acts Especially like his main color, because we know blues like yeah, he was a blue green, blue green bichrome before he became prism, right? Yeah, yep. Well, so speaking of Kip, um, I thought the the green golem thing was really cool. Like yeah. the way that Brent Weeks writes action is awesome. Uh, yeah. Like you're just in the moment, you feel all the impact, like. You, you can... well, so my favorite thing about that was the fact that it's not just like Kip 
having way more control of his power than uh than he should than he should it ex- it even explains it like this is something that greens do sometimes they let their wildness go and it just takes control of them and they burn out basically which we yeah. uh, obviously we don't feel like kip will burn out but it, he didn't just automatically have way more control of his power than he should at this point mm-hmm. which i really loved right and subred he was putting out enough fire at, at like a high enough intensity that it was hurting him Right. Um, well, so it's well, not that he has that, control, but he apparently has power. Right. Well, he power. just he he again he didn't have or he didn't use it like way more better than he should have been. He took all that fire in from the fire, and he was just like, "I need it out." I mean, he just started getting yeah. it out. Um, yeah. Well, and at the end when he did the the subred to protect uh, Iron Fist. Yeah. Uh, even then, he hurt himself with it. Like he and and we saw other subreds who were, you know, totally fine. We saw some of the, the color white subreds, and those those were some cool visuals, like their skin being all bubbled and blistered in spots yeah. and then cracked in others and flames just leaking out of them. Well, the color so whites I, are really cool. They yeah, are. they are. And I was going to go into when um, uh, Lord Omnichrome or whatever, he's talking about the color whites, and he's like, oh, not all of them actually go crazy, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, they still kind of go crazy they lean towards their color right yeah which makes them do things that like normally people wouldn't do like turn their skin to ice or burn themselves Mm -hmm. like well i mean we saw like the and like we know that like the colors they like if you use them long enough your emotions tend to lean towards them so like karis because she uses red gets angry very very easily and so, like, I like the idea that the whites just kind of lean into that emotion that they are like, accept it, yeah, yeah, they just accept it, and then that's just it just amplifies them even more, you know? Yeah. Well, if you think, I mean, there the limitation on how much Luxon the, these drafters can pull in is how much will or won't break the halo for them, right? Right. I mean, clearly there's some exhaustion from it, because even Gavin, after he does the wall, is like, you know, dead tired and sore. Yeah, and Kip gets uh, color sick. Right. Right, and they they don't really have, like, telepathy. It's not like they can just, like, move the Luxon at will. Like, they they have to use, you know machines made out of the Luxon to move it around and stuff like that. Right. But but by and large, how much power they have at their disposal is just, you know, what can I do without becoming a color white? So once you are a color white, that limitation's not there anymore. Well yeah. I was gonna say even even when they're sick they can still uh still draft. It just makes them like extremely ill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I will say kind of talking about the magic system or whatever, that it's like my kind of third gripe or whatever is that like i i see what brent weeks was trying to do with like a, a lot more of like the show not tell with like the magic system but i feel like he didn't do the greatest job of it because like i feel like we go through like the first chunk of the book like the first half like seeing the magic system but not really fully understanding it and by the time we're starting to slowly understand it it's like i don't know i just feel like the pacing of learning the magic system in this book was not good for me personally but i think the pacing for the story was fantastic it's just i don't think that i i think he tried to 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 do that show not tell magic system and i don't think he achieved the best way that's like my third gripe though i think he just really leaned on your like visual uh, conception like or, or spatial conception because the way he described it to me was like 
was perfect. It, it made sense to me. Like he's talking about, you know, green being more flexible than blue, but blue being harder, yellow being this like hard to use thing. But if you mix it with other stuff, like I, I thought it was pretty well fleshed out, but then a lot of it was him just explaining like, this is this is the machine that Gavin just constructed out of Luxon. You know what I mean? So like right. if, if if I don't know if you're if maybe if you're you're someone who like struggles with like uh, spatial conception more often, it was like it was very visual, like spatial descriptions of like of basically machines. Right. You know, I mean that that's Gavin's superpower is that he comes up with these machines on the fly that are like mixes of all these different materials. Mm-hmm. Going into that, I want to talk about the wall because I, I have like a small gripe about the wall because, like, on paper it, it like looks really cool. It's awesome. Like it's it's a cool scenery. I don't like that the I don't like that the uh, pictures that they put in the wall moved, and I get that they had the superviolet switches, so when people got close, it would make them move. But I don't. Like, to me, that's not how the magic was described as being, like, that... Um, flexible? Flexible. Like, once you make a block of green or whatever, you got a block of green or whatever. Right. And so, like, they made this huge wall, and all the pictures being there, cool with that. Like, you put the different colors in, it makes the different pictures. The switches doing stuff makes sense to me, but, like, the right. a spider running at you... Like, unless someone right. is is actually back there controlling that which it, it said they, they weren't they were just hooked to switches that doesn't make sense to me because it's way yeah like I, like i get that and, and i guess how i kind of like because i tried to like conceptualize the magic system a lot in my brain because like every time i thought i was like think thinking about it right i was like wrong again and i was like okay wait let me rethink this and so like i i basically boiled it down to like okay the super violet stuff that's basically illusion magic or stuff like that, and then like you've got. Uh, I I think you're way off base. I think that's not how you. That, literally, they are speed building machines and structures. That's it. Like it's just Minecraft, yeah. basically. Right. So right. so like the spider thing. I gotta. I'll agree with you. It's campy. It's outlandish. It's way out. It makes there. a great. It makes a great scene. It, it makes, makes a great walls super but, cool. But like it doesn't go with his system. But but the orange that he got to do all of this, it, it said that he was known for making these moving Luxon structures. What I'm imagining is just a gearbox and a bunch of, like, yellow Luxon ropes, right? G Gavin made a gearbox out of green Luxon before, right? He made, like, a pulley, like a block and tackle pulley system at one point. You know, so that, that, that's, that really is Gavin's superpower, is he's right. just a quick thinker who comes up with these simple machines and these combinations right. of colors. And that's cool, but I mean, unless you can make like a computer chip and make this thing AI generated, like the way it was described, just doesn't like, like it doesn't make sense. I agree. Like you can, yeah, you could get into you could get into sure. moving pictures for sure, but yeah, yeah. But I, I like really that cool. he he said that they had to fill the forms right. Like that's how they made the wall. He they were making forms like molds and then pumping liquid luxon into it and then solidifying it and then dissolving the forms. Uh, I thought that was pretty cool. And it made the picture thing a lot less ridiculous to me. The fact that there's like super violet Luxon uh, filled with orange Luxon and yellow Luxon. And like, that's how it works. I thought, I thought it was cool. I get what you're saying though. Like he, he never really just flat out explains the magic system. Right. 
and that's I like that's my like I don't know I really like magic systems but I like to I like them because I like to know how they work and like I feel like if I can understand completely how the magic system works then I'm in a place where like I can try and guess the character's actions but like if I don't fully comprehend what all they can do then how am I supposed to infer or guess the next course of action for the character you know what I'm saying I don't know if that makes sense it makes sense I I don't know if that's necessarily what I want out of a magic system but I mean that's personal preference you know right if like I think you you typically like harder magic systems, mm-hmm. right? Is that fair to say? Yeah. I I think typically I don't like the softest magic systems, the fuzziest like here's a get out of jail free card because the magic system just leveled up kind of right bullshit. Uh, I find that to be really lazy. But I'm more somewhere in the middle. I like some free form like what are they gonna do next type stuff. You know. Yeah. Not so much predicting what they're going to do next, but being, like, surprised or shocked by what they do. I guess that's fair, yeah. I'm cool about anything. I just felt like I already had, like, a basis for what this magic system did. And then that kind of, like, broke that. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I, I, I don't know. The fact that they had all of the most powerful drafters from the Prisms War there kind of ju- justified it to me a little bit. Right. It, it made it more reasonable that they were doing something like exceptional but it was campy and like you know yeah insane um speaking of that like that that i don't know i i love like emotional moments like that in books where like all these like old people from the war that they all agreed to like die together and then they go like build this wall together and then fight for them and i will say that was a dope moment where like after like Gavin just basically executes his mother, which he didn't want to do because he didn't believe in this religion, which was this, a whole nother side tangent. But then everyone else is like, listen, they're going to destroy the city. We're going to die anyways. Let us go out fighting. And they're, and he's like, well, you can't do that because you're turning to whites. And they'll be like, we will off ourselves. And I was like, dude, that's like the like the Avengers endgame scene moment, you know, where like everyone shows up and they're like, we're going in. I, I just love that that idea. But I definitely think there might be some. I don't know if there's going to be some. But I think there's going to be consequences of that. Like maybe some whites turning some to. Whites. Yeah. Turning into whites. Not offing themselves. And then going to join. Which. Well. I could see. Going into that. I, I feel like it. there was some definite foreshadowing. Because. He even mentions like if y'all turn into whites, like this, that's not good. <laughs> like yeah. y'all are way too strong to turn into whites. Oh um, well, yeah, and that's like why they they said like we'll go in groups like the black cloaks do or whatever. Because like the black cloaks' job are like if they black cloak, black guard, black guard's job is like if they're you know watching over a drafter or whatever, and they are halo cracks, they gotta sli- like slice their throat right there. And so they're like yeah. if if we start you know going whites or whatever there'll be one of us and that's our job is to kill all the other people and once everyone else is dead they off themselves and i was like that's crazy yeah, but, but but uh war's crazy too so like yeah. anything could happen they could get separated or yeah I, I definitely think we'll see at least a couple of those people come back or maybe like one notable person like mm-hmm. the per- what was it the purple bear the guy with the super violet that was just like fucking them up, fucking yeah. color whites up left and right. Uh, I thought, you know what that scene made me think of, MD? What? 
when Kaladin jumps into the ring. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. It's, like, it's like this just shown an anime moment of like, you know, friendship wins all or whatever. <laughs> that was really cool. Maybe the magic was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> <laughs> what do we think about Andros? Dude, I, I'm not joking. Like, I read his chapter and I had a buddy who had read this book and I texted him and I was like, He's giving me Tywin Lannister vibes immediately. I was like, dude, yep. he is just, he's this nasty guy. But I like the idea that it's like he's so close to breaking that he lives in total darkness. And he's so committed to staying alive and staying in power that he's willing to live in total darkness. Yeah. Like, what does that like, say That's how, about like, him? selfish and narcissistic yeah. of a motherfucker he is. I love it. I hate him, but I love it. You know? Like... <laughs> Yeah, so, it's it's good writing. He's terrifying. Where do we think we're going to see him go story-wise? Dude, I have no idea. I think it's going to come down to conflict between uh, Gavin and Dazen, if Dazen ever gets out of prison, and him, right? Because he's, like, conditioned his sons, and they are still obedient to him. You know, mm -hmm. even in their 30s, as the religious figurehead and the most powerful people on the planet they're still terrified of him. Yeah. So I think there's going to be a conflict between at least Gavin and Andros at some point. Right. Yeah. So I'm thinking that um, maybe he's going to find out about the prison, find out about the other son and get him out. I know it. I definitely think he's going to go crazy now that the, the uh, mom left because remember she escaped. Like she, yeah, she said that she went against her husband's will. Yeah, she dipped out, and then he found out later and without time to say. I think he's going to have a grudge against the prism, Gavin Dazen, whichever one you want to call him. And he's going to be, like, investigating him and find out about the prism. Dude, you know what yeah. I could also see? Well, I don't know. I just thought about this. But, like, if he hears about the whole, like, the other people are, like, once you break, you become, like, you're a white, and, like, they let whites live or whatever— I could see him breaking himself purposefully to become a white and then joining see that. joining Gardul's side or whatever, although Gardul's dead. Um what is it? I could Beyond absolutely be wrong, but I don't I don't I don't see him doing that because I think his political power and the power of his family and the power of his legacy is the thing that he like really cares about. But maybe if he thinks that he could you know, take over the world with, with right. Omnichrome, then, you know, maybe that's so, that is on the book. Well, table. that's what I'm thinking. What about... Well, go ahead. What about this? What if, like, being able to keep your sanity while you go, um... Uh... Become a color white. Become a color white is kind of true. He's already become a color white... And that's the reason he lives in total darkness is so that nobody can see what he's done, like his body yeah. and his skin. And he's running shit from the background until he's got to go uh, to the, like, come to the, what if he's, like, the one that's, like, pushing this color white stuff? What if he's in league with the Omnichrome? Oh, he's the, low-key, because, okay, yo, that's actually good, because think about it, the Lord Omnichrome is Karis's brother, right? Mm-hmm. And Andros Guile was, like, so adamant about marrying into that family. So if that's the family, maybe because, like, there was a certain power associated with that family, like, in like political power or something like that, or 
maybe he had just made deals with that family in the past. He's more likely to join them or something like that. I like the idea, though, that he lives in total darkness because he's already broke and he's a white. He doesn't want anyone to know. So what if he's already been in league with them? What if because we, we know that um, Dazen, the, the prism now, told Gavin in the past that he was getting these other colors. What if Gavin, the prisoner now, told Andros and he set up that thing with Karis's brothers, found out that he was supposed to meet her. He set up the thing with Karis's brothers to get rid of Dazen. Oh. Yeah. I mean, he did exclude Dazen from whatever all, it was he told Sebastian and Gavin. Yeah, which we still don't know. Which he's living under the assumption that the current prism knows whatever that information is or was. Yeah. Well, and Sebastian died right after he was told, apparently, because it said he died when he was like thirteen and got told when he was thirteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the so blue I find that interesting. Kills him. Um, what if what if Andros uh? did that too and that's why he didn't tell Dazen because uh, Sebastian didn't accept it like Gavin did and it had something to do with color whites and so Andros got rid of him and didn't tell Dazen so he didn't have to worry about that again what if Andros is going to be the big bad I could see I it. could see he's that he's a bastard he's yeah like he did a very Brent Weeks did a great job of setting it up to be someone you hate um, well guy in the background too like the guy in the shadows doing this right yeah, pulling the puppet strings. I like that idea a lot. I, I definitely think it's plausible. Alright, what what other story points have we not yet? We haven't uh, really talked about Karis. She doesn't uh, have a crazy amount going on. Yeah, she Omnicron really setting up uh Garadul to die. Yeah, right. I think I feel like we saw that one coming though, right? For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we knew he wasn't gonna like Garadol be king or whatever. Like he was just using yeah. him for his army and stuff. Yeah, right. I feel like we we knew that Garadol was an idiot and a hothead. It was you know, literally a pawn. To... Yeah, yeah. He was a pawn of Omnichrome. Live joining Omnichrome. We can talk about that, right? Well, like yeah. I well, we... again, I kind of just fully respect and i'm on board with liv's decision to join because of the reasons that were presented in front of her and then also like just where her mind state is at why she thinks she's in the place that she is this is like the only place for her that like she can trust in a in a yeah. way well, um, like where do we see that 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 line of the story going though because we kind of already talked about her decision but like where future wise where do we see that going Man, um, I think she's just going to justify her decision to herself. Um, I think that's probably going to be her character arc, is like justifying, 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 while having to do worse and worse things for Omnichrome. Yeah, until, until she reaches a breaking lot. point. Yeah. yeah, Probably some conflict with her dad or Kip. I was going to say it's going to be her dad or Kip. Yeah. I could see that easily being the way, like going farther and farther down the rabbit hole until something so traumatic happens, she like finally like wakes up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, or it's you know a life or death thing, and she's the one that dies or has to live with the guilt of killing someone. You know, right? Yeah. But that being like the peak of her character arc is coming to realize yeah. that she's just been justifying this shit to herself. Yeah. But well, her justifications are pretty solid. Honestly, they are. Like, they're they're not like cheap walkout justifications or whatever they're like okay based on her character that we've been having this entire book it makes sense that she's making these decisions yeah yeah 
Um, well, they've lost the city now. Omnichrome's got it. Lives there. They're running away. So, the assumption is that Omnichrome's gonna like spread his like shit out from Garrison to try to get rid of the uh, Chromaria. Uh, so, do we think that the White and the Spectrum, uh, the Council, they're gonna finally like wake up and be like, "Oh shit, Gavin was right. What do we do about this?" Man, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there's books, some people who are already they, in. They stick their heads up their oh, asses. Yeah, usually they stick their hand, their heads in the sand or up their own ass. Right. Uh, so I can I'm, see. I'm kind of expecting that, especially if we're we're right and Andros is guiding this whole thing. Yeah. There's going to be people in the spectrum that are going to like try to keep keep or shit from happening. Maybe at some point he's the surprise vote that like sways things, you know, outside he actually of Gavin's shows control. Up. Yeah, he actually yeah. shows up at the council meeting. Yeah. Yeah, and fucks up Gavin's That's when plan. we see he's like he's that'd be a, a really cool scene. He walks in, we see he's a white and he votes against it and he's got everyone on board except Gavin and maybe the white. Yeah. Cuz we're assuming I... he's good still. Kind of. She, she did kind of throw away Karis, right? Yeah, that's the theory. She tried to, like, kill Karis, kind of, by just sending yeah. her to her doom. Do we agree with Karis' reasoning that, like, maybe it was to spare Gavin having to free her? Or I don't know. I don't think we know enough about the White to know. You know? So my, my only deal with that, though, is, like, we see the um, her informant or whatever slip the note in the carriage. Like, she was where she was supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah, but it's kind of hard to deny that the White should know that Garadul's going to see her as like a political pawn. Right. But she could also know that Garadul was in love with her and wasn't going to kill her. That's also true. Yeah, maybe that that is why she sent her, because she knew how important she was to Tyrians. Yeah. Yeah, I could see it. She seems good. Like, for what little we have seen of her, she seems like a good person. Like, she's right. in service to the realm and in service to the people. Mm-hmm. And religiously devout. Right. Well, isn't she the head of the religion? Like, it's her and then it's Gavin? Well. Because, like, the way uh, I understand sure. it. So, her, is... Gavin, and the Spectrum are all supposed to be equals. Well, but isn't it, like, because the way I understood it was, like, she's, like, the top because she can't use she can't draft anything like and that's why they call oh, it's, supposed to, it's supposed to be a balance no. of power it's supposed to be the white balances the prism uh and the spectrum and the spectrum balances it's supposed to be a, a checks and balance system i believe okay yeah um, i think that's right I don't, I don't think the white i don't think anyone is above the prism because he's the emperor and he's the chosen you know he god's chosen I don't think anything anybody's above well, the prism, but I think the spectrum and the white are typically going to have more power. Yeah. Well, even then, power. we see we see the whites even say like, "Hey, if you want me to uh, free myself, I'll do it right now." Right. Or whatever. Well, I just remember. Th- I think there was a line like at the beginning of the book when Gavin was talking about the white, how like he, like the only person in the realm he couldn't kill was the white, or something like that. And that, that's what made me think that she was above him, technically. Because, like, all uh, of the Blackguards would go to protect her instead of him. If so, the it. Blackguards are under the White. Okay. They, they, the, the White is, like... So, the White is, like, the president. So, like, he, she's the commander of the armed forces or whatever. And then, uh... I don't know. Gavin is the spiritual leader. Yeah. 
Okay. Basically. And the spectrum is Congress. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, what else happened? Corbin? Do we um, have anything about Corbin? Other than, you know, liking him? <laughs> I thought Corbin was a pretty cool dude. I, I love like Corbin, him. His character... I like the, the ideal of his house being fealty to one. Um, well, I like that, that he's only got one color, but he can use it better than most people can use multiple colors. Because he's... Right extremely intelligent i like that the lord omnichrome like respect basic him. well basically says like if i can get him on my side i win like he's like held in such high regard mm -hmm. from both sides of everything yeah yeah he's widely regarded as a genius and like honorable at the same time I think he's a really cool character. I like him and uh, Dazen's like bromance, basically. Like, yeah, G Gavin is can actually be honest with one other character. I think is cool. It humanizes Gavin in a big way. Yeah. Well, he just lost the only other person he could, which was his mom, too. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's like a, a not a foil, but like a. I don't know. He's he's just like the second half of the Gavin puzzle, where it's like, okay, over here you have God Emperor, um, you know, superhero, and then over here is Dazen, the sad, bullied younger brother who's friends with Corvin. Right. I'd like to see how their relationship started. Yeah, I think that'd be really interesting. Backstory on that, yeah. Version of that, yeah. Give us a flashback or something. Um, and then. Only other thing I can really think about talk about is the note, and where we see that going. Yeah. If we see that. I, I think it's going to keep Kip up at night. Uh, you know, I think that that's a little bit of doubt that's going to get like, you know. Yeah. And it will slowly it, snowball into bigger, much more. Yeah. Yeah, because he's going to start finding reasons to distrust Gavin. You right. know, even if even if that's not in his, you know. Right now, it's blind even, devotion, dude. Right. Right. And you know what I could see Loki happening would be like finally kip gets the courage to be like all right mom i'm gonna do this for you and like off gavin like maybe later down in the books and when that happens that's when the real gavin escapes prison and so now yeah. kip it's like right after that and kip realizes what he did was not the right th and, and then that's just the crashing of events you know yeah well the i mean the assumption is at some point kip's gonna find out that the Prism right now is not his actual father. The other, the actual father is going to come up. Might want something to do with Kip. Might not. I don't know how that's going to work. Um, I, so. I think Gavin is is a piece of shit, right? like through and through to his core, a piece well, of we, shit. Well, we learned that he he cheated on Karis with not just Kip's mom, but this other girl that knew that, and neither was consensual. Neither one. No, it. She said she, uh, yeah, because she was saying no. that she was saying that uh, they had an affair and that. Uh, well, I mean, if you if you war, believe the note, if you believe the note that she left, then no, I'm talking about cases, I'm talking about the the person that came for the freeing that when she was offloading her guilt or whatever she was talking about how she knew uh, he was Dason and not Gavin. Because they had had an affair, and after the war, she had kept looking at him like, oh, why don't yeah, you recognize yeah. me? Why don't you recognize me? And then she'd figure no, it I'm out. No, I'm talking about Karis and Kip's mom, though. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. 
So um, I think he's just an apathetic monster. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say, too. Something that we didn't talk about that I kind of want to mention is Karis had a kid and gave it away. Yeah. That's true. I forgot about that. That's who, really important because who's who, the kid? Yeah. Because at first in my mind, I'm like, oh, what if it's Kip? And maybe like the mom was just so drugged up that she doesn't. I was like, I don't really know if it's Kip. But Karis was literally looking at Kip being like, you look exactly like my son and things like that. And so like, do we think there could be a a second prism war between the two of them? That's what I was Loki thinking. I was I was also thinking that um, what if it was before he died, the the. The assassin. Oh, Zyman. Yeah, I was the thinking, assassin. what if it was Zyman? Oh, wow. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that, but he was a really powerful polychrome. Exactly. Around the same age as Kip. And and wasn't there... They didn't find a, his body, right? It just said that there was blood and he started getting circled by sharks? Yeah. No, then, he made it. It talks about how Kip sees him swim to the to the uh, bank or whatever. Zyman made oh, it? Does it? Yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, I knew he was off screen. He, you know, if you don't see the dead body, they aren't dead. Dude, and think about it. Okay, think about it. Because whose kid is it? It's Karis's kid. He's living with his uncle, Lord Omnicrone. But my deal, my whole deal with that though is, well, no, okay. So I guess it could make sense because he was supposed to be with some family friends, and then. The uncle would know of the family friends and maybe like look 100%. for support. And they're like, "Oh, we've got Karis's kid," so yeah. it could it could happen. Yeah, I could see it. That would be that'd be really cool if he just kind of slipped that in there. Like, oh, he's right here all along. Yeah, well, because like it just Karis just mentions it like once, and then it like keeps moving on. And so whenever she mentioned that, I was trying to think, okay, who could it be? Could it be Kip? No, it can't be Kip. I, it's possible it is, we haven't met him yet either. Right, that's also true. But then I was just also thinking, okay, who else could that be? And I thought, Simon. Yeah, there's still five books. Yeah, or four we still books. got a lot to go. Four more. Um, I don't even know if it's finished. Is it? It is finished. It's a completed. It is finished. It's okay, completed yeah. saga. Well, that's cool. I'm stoked about the next one. Me too. I'm really excited. This was a really good read. We uh, we yeah. want to jump into our ratings. I'm ready. Feel one. All right. As always, we rank on three things: setting, character, and plot. Um, and we always have the debate about like how much does the magic system go into the setting versus the plot. And um, but yeah, so we'll start off with setting. Who wants to go first on a scale of one to ten? Uh, I'll I'll take it. Go for it. Uh, setting for me was like in seven point five. Okay. And I'm I'm including the magic a little bit here because the like Sundered Rock with all the shattered Luxon everywhere and how they're scavenging for the Luxon because they can sell it. I thought that stuff was really the school cool. too because the school's like the yeah the Chromaria awesome. yeah the oh my god uh, big Jasper little Jasper all the towers um, the magical facades on the towers and then mm-hmm. the yellow one special because it's made entirely out of yellow. Uh, I thought that stuff was so cool. Even even when uh, she goes to the inn, that super violet, or the, the tavern, the super violet tavern, where they make the soundproof bubbles for people. Yeah. Like, yeah. All that stuff is just so cool to me. And the, the way that we see the, not the world necessarily, but like just Gavin and Kip zipping across the ocean on a jet ski, essentially. Um, yeah, we don't see like 
a ton of the world in this book, which is why it's not, you know, an eight or a nine for me. Right. We don't, we just don't see a lot of it, but what we do see is really cool. Like mm -hmm. very fantastical over the top magic everywhere. I think it's sick. I agree. Uh, the wall definitely brings it up for me and like how it's mm. talking about how Garrison is like surrounded by this old wall, but it's like broken down in a bunch of places and like there's houses built over the broken down parts and oh, like it's basically like the towns grew past where the wall used to be. Um, and so they built this new wall. Um, the rest of it's kind of uh, kind of whatever, except for like uh, we, we hear about these stones and stuff. Um, that Omnichrome's talking about that's throughout that area and why that area is so important, why the uh, uh, prison war ended there. Um, so I'm with Whitson. I'll probably give it about seven, seven and a half. Okay. I, I agree. I'm going to go slightly higher and move it to an eight. Um, I really enjoyed like every everywhere that we went in the world was um, like immaculately immaculately described like the chromaria i loved how they talked about having the bridges at the various levels and like it was just so visual like the docks and um garrison and uh like every every place that we went even like karis going into the ruins of the town and like seeing the tower of heads and you know Every everything was so well like described. I, I loved the like the magic in the world, like how it's incorporated with everything. Um, and and uh, yeah, there's one other thing that I was gonna say about setting, but I totally forgot what it was. But oh, the whites! I love the idea of the whites and like mm -hmm. how like they break and then they just go. They end up going mad and can be so, like self-destructive and all those things i just loved i loved this world and that's why like whenever we got halfway through i was like guys i want to i want to stay in this world let's keep going to the next book and so <laughs> that's kind of where i was so I, i'd give it an eight yeah uh no think about it it, it described a lot more because it describes the desert or whatever where he chased the blue white and it describes the uh forest where the green uh drafters like migrate the to and the blood forest and so there's definitely a lot of visual visual stuff in that right yeah but it, it mostly i think is just foreshadowing when we'll get to see those places because it doesn't yeah. it, it talks it's about the blood brief. forest yeah yeah it gives us like the spark notes on the blood forest and elisha and um that that's kind of it i don't think it meant it, it does mention the other satrapies but it doesn't really discuss them too much so i think we're gonna go to the blood forest or elisha next okay personally i think i think that's where we're going to be headed i don't know why we'll be there mm -hmm. maybe Lord i don't think we're gonna trying go to... to take over another satrapy or something yeah i don't think we're gonna go to blood forest until we're looking for karis's kid don't know what when oh, that's yeah. gonna be what book that's gonna be but yeah it could be uh let's jump into character um i go first for this one i guess i really liked a lot of the characters like he did such a good job of setting up king garduel as this just horrible antagonist that like you hated, like especially in the scenes where he was talking with Karis and was like, you're the, or like, you're the reason men beat their wives or something like that. I was like, you can't say that. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> and then like, also how like um, in the prison, uh, Gavin, the real Gavin is in the prison, but he's having like this internal dialogue with himself 
known as the dead man. And like, that's a very like stereotypical thing to do. Cause I think I even commented on it in the beginning about how it was like Gollum esque, you know, but I think he did a really good job of it, making it its own thing and making it different. And, um, get like Gavin, Karis, Danavis, like all the characters are really well-rounded. Like we hate Andros Guile and we barely know anything about him, you know? And so it's just, I feel like the characters are very well built. There were a couple of character decisions that I was like, I don't really know if I agree with that, but I see why they, why it went to that. So because there are a couple of things I don't like about it, I'm going to give it a nine, not a full 10, but I'll give it a nine. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm I'm right up there with you for the most part. Um, there are a couple instances, or I would say probably it probably happened five times, six times maybe, where uh, you know the subreddit r slash men riding women. Have you guys ever seen the, <laughs> yeah, the horror yeah, stories yeah. on there? There's just some cringy, cringy stuff that he says from the perspective of some female characters. I'm like, dude, that no, come on now. Yeah. Touch some grass, go outside, talk to her. <laughs> I thought you were woman. gonna I thought you were gonna go into uh perspective of Kip and I was like, he is a fifteen like I yeah, yeah, I, don't no, know. I don't I don't have any problem with that. Female characters, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I remember being a fifteen year old boy. Yeah, I disgusting. was gonna say Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. But I, I totally like I noticed a lot of the that. times like when he's around women, like he focuses on their physical attributes. I'm like, he's fifteen. Like that every fifteen yeah. year old yeah. boy does that. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, and Gavin, meanwhile, acts like an adult about it, where he's like, right. put your tits exactly. up, I don't care. Right. Exactly. Uh, but it's still, yeah, there were there were several cringy moments, and that, that takes it down probably a, a point for me, the fact that the dialogue between some of the characters, especially the less important characters, was like real cringe. But the main pl- the main cast, I- including Liv and Karis, uh, was fantastic. So I think I'll, I'll give it like an 8. I, it would be at a nine if if there some of those cringe moments were weren't were there, there. Yeah, between characters makes sense. What about you, Dylan? I loved uh, the prism, especially like when he's having this internal monologue before the freeing. Like that bumped his whole. Like he, I already thought his character was really cool and like really like thought he like it was a good character but then that internal monologue where he's like having this huge debate in his head about his religious duties and his duties to these people and what he actually feels like that really bumped his character up for me um i like kip and i understand why kip is the way he is like he's definitely got like um he wants to be loved and he's got self-confidence issues he's a bigger he's a bigger dude um and I understand those completely. I want to see some growth out of him. Because um, I feel like all he did this book, like, I don't feel like we really saw a whole lot of growth. Like, we saw some, but I don't feel like we saw a lot. And I'm mm-hmm. wanting him to get past his whiny, like, his whiny stage. Which I understand why he's whiny. Like, I, I hate using the word whiny because... Well, he's still reeling from trauma. Right, and You right. just want to see him grow. Like, right. actually grow. Right. You know, get, get, um, recover from the spiral and start doing stuff. Right. Exactly. Start, like, start, like, understanding... His, his trauma, maybe, or if not, at least not, if not understanding it, but like trying to like grow from it and push past it. And, mm-hmm. uh, instead of just being like completely like against himself, you know what I mean? Yeah. I understand why he has the self-confidence issues, but like, um, he's done all these amazing things, even in this book alone. And like, at some point it's like, I'm hoping he sees these things he's doing, and like how, how much better he is than he feels about himself. 
Um, so I'm ready for some growth from him, but I still thought he was a great character, and I thought the trauma was written well, and like, I think his character is written how somebody with that trauma would be writ or would act 100. Mm-hmm. percent Um, Karis, Karis was kind of 2D to me, um, to a certain extent. Like, I, I definitely feel like um, she had like some 3D qualities, but I feel like we need to learn a lot more about her to actually see her full character. Mm-hmm. Um. I think her backstory with with OG Gavin, with original Gavin and the kid, that right, stuff was that, heart wrenching and like right. justified a lot of her character for me. That's the only that was like the only reason I'm like not saying she's a complete two D character. Right, she's um, like two point five D. Like we need to see yeah, more of her yeah. in the present right. day. The the, the yeah. issue was it took so long for us to get that context that it it, it made true. most yeah. of it feel like. And then I think another one of the main characters is Liv, and I've got a problem with Liv. Because I feel like she's like she's Corbin's daughter. She's supposed to be really intelligent. He talks about how she's super intelligent in school. I feel like she's supposed to be like this really intelligent character, even for her age. And I just feel like the decision to go with um with Kip with well with Kip first um like went against her character or how I see her character, and then the decision to join Omnichrome. I feel like. Like, I don't feel like that was the most intelligent decision she could have made there. I mean, maybe to stay alive. I don't I don't know. Um, But as far as characters go, I, I think it's about an eight. I really enjoyed all of them. Um, I'm ready for a little more growth. I love, like I said, I love Gavin. Um, the prisoner, we see him going crazy. The freaking, that last chapter where he's like, he's oh, made gosh. it and he's crawling Dude. and then he falls. And it's just it like, so you can good. imagine. It was you can so imagine good. his look on his face where he's just like well he literally there's says he five, starts laughing five more of these yeah. after this one aren't there it says that he starts laughing and so yeah. yeah well he knows his little brother you know yeah. he yeah. knows he's a thorough asshole the mom for being such like a uh like short side character i thought that he did a really good job on her and the andros too like i feel like we set up andros to be like the big bad like we saw so yeah. i thought he did yeah. a really good job with the characters yeah, it, like that—that that was kind of why I pushed back. Early. Oh well, what's your rating for characters before I go on a diatribe? I, I said like an eight, eight, five. Like an eight, okay, yeah. okay. Uh, that was why I pushed back earlier when you said that the the decision with or the mother's decision didn't make so much sense to you. I thought she was incredible. Yeah, and I, I don't. You know, I I just think like that that reminded me of uh, not to be sappy, but my own mom. Like she would fall on a sword before she saw me or my little brother sad about anything. You know, mm-hmm. and now I mean it's a more complicated situation than just fucking raising kids like they're right. killing each other. But yeah, well, it just it I, talks about she how, seemed like, genuine to me. Yeah, and it talks going into that like it even says it talks about how she had to send those assassins and stuff to take care of the people that yeah. had found out about, it. and he had no idea. Like he he didn't know anything about it. She had handled this stuff, so he didn't have to deal with that. He thought he'd gotten away with it his whole life, yeah. but his mom's been behind the scenes making sure he got away with it. Yeah, right. and I think to some extent she she had to have known her oldest son well enough to know that he was a bastard, right? right. Like if he if he's a psycho or a sociopath, which it kind of seems like I feel like surely had, she knows that. I feel like he's got. I feel like I feel like he's had too much influence from Andros because it talks yeah. about how Andros like put a time or like wanted him like spent the time to get him into this position and uh prepare Almost him for guarantee the- that he'd be the prisoner. Yes. And yeah. so I feel like he spent too much time with Andros and it warped his 
how I feel like Angel's probably warped his mentality to where he's he is a god, and I, I you know what I mean. Yeah. It's really yeah. easy when you have that much power, especially when you've got your main person you you believe in, which would be his father, saying, "Hey, you're the you're you're this prince, you're this god," and so he feels like he can just kind of do what he wants to with no, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Yeah. It's not justifying his actions, but like I feel like that's where his character probably went. Yeah, but maybe less, maybe less of a sociopath and more of just a narcissist. Yeah, on like a, on like a, literally a god complex. Yeah, because yeah. Dazen was the opposite. Dazen was no attention from his father, so he probably leaned more towards his mom. Yeah. Yeah. You want to go on a plot? Sure. You want me to take it? Yeah, you take it away. Uh, plot, man, this thing just kept marching forward like the the pace was perfect never did the, never was there a dull moment uh, so many of the plot points or you know the little details that that seem inconsequential or like could slip past you come back up later and make sense and are well justified uh, the, the plot to me is like nine out of ten like incredible yeah I'm I'm right there with you on the whole like the pacing of this book felt perfect. Like every single time I was like like at the very beginning after all that action and all that trauma I was like okay, I'm ready for like some effects, like what's happening, what's and then after that it's like all right, now we get all this intrigue. And then after a while of that it was like okay, I want some more action, I want and then Kip is going through these trials and you're like the pacing was so good like the chapters it never felt like how many more pages left in this chapter? It felt like, no, how many more pages left in this chapter? You know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't it can't like end a, here, right? I yes, need more. Yes, yeah. it was like that instead of the other way around. And so, like, the pacing of it was great. And then just the plot itself of the amount of twists and the amount of, like, pulling out the rug from underneath you where it's like, boom, he's got a prisoner. Boom, the prisoner's not actually who you think it is. It's the actual per and you know like all boom the mom knows boom donovis knows boom you know like all of this stuff i was just like it was just so well done so well spread out throughout the book too that like this plot is like a 9.5 to me well so every time that there was one of those little twists it wasn't just that it was not what i expected it was that three or four or 10 things that i'd already read were like Oh, you son of a bitch. Like that was there the whole time. You yeah. really just dangled that in front of me the whole time. Yeah. Uh, I love that. It was so well done. So well done. Yeah. What about you, Dylan? Uh, I agree. Um, I enjoyed the book thoroughly. Uh, it definitely like kept me into it. Um, I didn't really have a point in the book where I was like not really paying attention. Um, I give it eight, five. Eight and a half. Nine. I like it. <laughs> We're gushing over it, and you're like, yeah, it's all right. It's all right. I mean, I don't know what else to say about it. No, <laughs> no that's fair. That's fair. It, no. It's plot. It did what it was supposed to do. I, there wasn't there wasn't really, hardly, like, any sidetracks. I didn't yeah, feel like. Which is like, what I liked. I, I liked the fact that it's like, like, yeah, we had times where, like, we went over to Karis's POV, and, like, at the in the early stages of the book, it felt like, all of those things were separate, but it very quickly was like, all right, we're all tied together now, and it didn't feel like a drag. See, so. That is one thing I 
I will say I loved about this book. I hate I don't hate it. It frustrates me in books when it takes them two books to find each other. <laughs> and this book yeah. it was like it was right off the bat. Um they stayed together, they didn't split yeah. back off. Which I'm about we're about to talk about our our uh books that we've been reading. I'm going to talk about Faithful in the Fall and they they do that a lot where like it takes some books to find each other, but it does he does it in a really good way, but um yeah, this book just did a, a whole lot better. Like it, I, I enjoy, I like my satisfaction. Yeah. <laughs> I like, I like the emotional moments where we meet. I like us yeah. staying together as a group. We're a party. We're gonna go. And and the thing is, work. is th- those moments like he dwells on them for just enough time before you're about to get tired of it, and then he goes on to the next thing. There's no yeah. not enough of it. There's no too much of it. It's the perfect amount of time. And so I just really, I just really enjoyed it. Um. Yeah. But yeah, you were talking about your TBRs. We can go ahead and get into our TBRs here. One thing, one thing. Yeah, we forgot to talk about the assassin that he threw off the balcony. Who we think sent her? Oh, I think it was. I um, almost forgot about that. I think it was yeah. Andros Guile. I, I, I agree. put money on it. I, agree. I, I, yeah. I think it was either that or a fanatic, some kind of fanatic. Yeah. Because the way she was talking was kind of fanatical. Well, in the way, it, there's no way it could have been the white because the white was very adamant in her letter to Karis about bring them back to the thing alive or to the Cromaria alive. I want to talk to we them. We never even saw them talk, did we? Nope, because very quickly Gavin was like, we got to leave. We got to get out of here. We got to go protect the garrison. So. That was after the testing though, right? The thrashing? Yeah, after the testing. Uh... It could have been the white because she saw the test, right? Before True. Gavin could shut it off. Oh. So she knows if, if Kip is a prism, she knows Kip is a prism. That's fair. So maybe she wanted him dead so that, you know, somebody that she had chosen to be the next one or to to try oh. to make the next one, yeah. to try to elevate. It could have been white. That doesn't seem Anyways. in her character, but, you know. Yeah. What we've been reading. TBRs. Uh, I finished The Faithful and The Fallen, uh, so I think that's Ruin and Wrath, the third and fourth books. Um, absolutely fantastic. Um didn't cheapen out anything that I thought that there was a point in the book where it was like, if this happens, it's going to cheapen out the, like most of the book for me. It didn't do that. I loved it. Um, love the ending. Uh, it, I think it closed out every single character point, which if you know how many characters are in that book, it's, that's a hard thing to do. Mm -hmm. Um, because there's a lot of different characters, such as what I was just talking about, how it takes a lot of them a long time to meet. Um, some of them meet up, like, quick, and then some of them it's, you know, um, which I usually don't like in books a whole lot, unless it's done really well, and it was done extremely well. Um, definitely recommend it. Uh, Mouse is the first book. And then it's on my uh, today I started the uh, first book in the Farseer trilogy, which I think's uh Assassin's Apprentice, I believe. Um, I'm loving it so far. I love books that are written from the main character's point of view, but as like an older, more wiser um, self, and they're like reflecting on their life. And so like they'll be telling their story, and then at one point they'll just be like, "And right here is where I was a dumbass. <laughs> I really <laughs> fucked up." I enjoy I enjoy stories that are written like that. Um, Empire of the Vampire was kind of written like that. Um, uh, Pariah. Uh, which I really I, I want y'all to read that. I'm gonna end up having to make that one of my books. 
Um, I want, uh, but it was written like that, and then this one's written like that. Um, and it's really, it, I get really uh, a lot of Game of Thrones vibes, uh, maybe a little bit of Rangers Apprentice vibes, and then like um, a dash of uh, uh, Name of the Wind vibes. So, it, Name it, of the it, Wind it, is what I was thinking of when you uh, that concept. That's that's like my favorite execution of it. I like it too. That's a cool yeah. style. Um, yeah. Uh, so it's a uh, it's really good. What about y'all? Oh. Um, I started Discworld finally. It's been on my TBR for like three months, but I finally started it. I'm like, um, oh, halfway through The Color of Magic, uh, the first book. This is the funniest thing I've ever read. It is hilarious. Terry Pratchett, his his voice is like crazy distinct. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just nothing quite like it. You know, Joe Abercrombie is one of my favorites. He's hilarious, but in a totally different way. Or, you know, Scott Lynch has tons and tons and tons of funny moments, but Pratchett is just like, he's like if Robin Williams wrote fantasy. I mean, the dude is crazy funny. Uh, Besides that, uh, still working on uh, Academ's Fury, Codex Alera. Having a good time with it still. Yeah. And uh, Dragon Reborn from Wheel of Time. Yeah. Uh, I'm also still trudging through uh, The Great Hunt, which is book two of Wheel of Time. I'm really, really hoping to finish that this week. I keep like putting it aside and doing other things, but um, I really need to finish that up because I need to get started with the... I want to finish it before the series is fully released, but that's its own topic for another episode. And I can't do it. And then uh, some of you... Some of the listeners might know, but they might not. I work at an academic uh, college library, and so I am uh, starting a book club with some of my students, and we are getting ready to read uh, The Midnight Library by my- Matt Haig, which was recommended to me very highly, and I'm very excited about it. The premise is, like, this person dies, and she wakes up, like, in a library filled with books that could have been her life if she'd made different decisions. So I'm excited for that one. That's really cool. Um, but that's uh, yeah, that's my that's the extent of my TBR. And then like we're gonna start the next Brent Weeks books for the podcast. So it's pretty much everything that I'm doing. So mm-hmm. well, with that, we're gonna go ahead and wrap up this episode here. Uh, thanks everyone for watching or listening. Uh, as always, if you can share, like, and subscribe, and follow our podcast on your preferred platform. We're on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. Uh, we have our Discord link to join in the description of the YouTube video, which you can click and join. Come fantasy be part of our community. Questions. Give us fantasy your fantasy questions. questions. <laughs> yes, please give them to us. Um, and we also have our TikTok now. It's at the Tome Travelers Pod, where we're going to post updates about the whenever we finish stuff on our TBRs, which, Dylan, you need to make one for. I don't I don't know how to do that, but I will. <laughs> He's a boomer. It's super simple. Super, super, yeah. super simple. But yeah, thank you everyone for watching, and um, we'll see y'all in the next one. Adios.